Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Before we get started, I want to remind, beg, plead, let everyone possible know to please join in the conversation. We want to hear from you. We uh, need to hear from you. I would love for you to participate. If you're watching, share your thoughts, ideas, anything that you want to say, we want to hear from you. So make sure you please do. Uh, in the same token, I'm also going to be sharing some of our resources uh, and our sources, I should say, uh, in the chat for y'all as well. So, all right. Who wants to introduce the topic? So we chose this topic deliberately, you could say. We're talking about living life uh, deliberately, um, which now that I think about it, I don't really live my life all that deliberately. And I don't think most people do. Um, a lot of people will just sort of either get into a habit or go with the flow or their life choices really aren't their life choices. They've kind of just told what to do for, on a day-to-day -day basis and they're not intentionally choosing their actions and i think there's a bit of intention and deliberation are almost synonymous but there might be a difference that we can go into later but that is pretty much the topic um how to live deliberately and how does that tie into coaching i don't know anyway. <laughs> when we say when we say living deliberately what does that mean to you guys it, I think it means really thinking about the actions that you're doing. Um, so, for example, uh, this morning for breakfast, I just had oatmeal because that was the easiest thing that was right in front of me to make. There was no deliberation or choices that were really being made. I just opened the cabinet, saw the oatmeal, grabbed it, automatic process, and bada bing, bada boom oatmeal with chia seeds um which actually the which is funny because the instant of me making breakfast this morning was not a deliberate choice i just chose the easiest thing but my choice of buying the oatmeal and the chia seeds was a deliberate choice of mine when i bought it um so there's a little deliberation hack for you be deliberate in your choices so that you can just automatically make them later on as a habit. Um, I find that funny because in our household, we're doing refrigerator oats. Same thing, chia seeds, oats. What is it? The uh, not milk, uh, almond milk. There it is. That's what I love. Almond milk and uh, coconut milk are my. That's yeah. Another, another deliberate choice I made a long time ago was um, I didn't like thinking about clothing or how I was going to dress myself like maybe two years ago. So I was like, I'm going to just wear all black. I'm going to buy everything black so I don't have to think about it. And I made the deliberate choice then. So now that when I open my closet, I just grab something out of there and it works. Also, Which is deliberate, like, but so you can be indeliberate later, right? Correct. correct. So my choices may seem not deliberate to the naked eye, but I did deliberate um, over my choices in the past. Um, but there's a lot of things that I do that are completely undeliberate and never were deliberate in the first place. I'm wondering if 
you guys have any examples of that? What are some things that you do that just are automatic or you don't think about? So choices that I've made like in the morning for me is a deliberate choice or an on purpose um, is to have that quiet time in the morning. So the quiet time to really not do anything, don't think anything. I'll have my coffee and or I have my juices that I do um, in the morning. But aside from that, there's not much that I do in that space. And it's a contemplative space. It's a nothingness space. It can be whatever it needs to be in that moment. So for me, that's an important. And it's it's usually a good hour, maybe hour and a half that I give to myself then. I got puppies barking. I'm muting myself. Somebody else go. Um, I would say I deliberately, uh, in opposition to what Anthony did this morning, do not eat breakfast. Um, and then also similar to Lisa, I try and give myself some quiet time. Uh, in the form of doing my best to work out in the morning. It's been a little bit shaky since I just made a move. So things have kind of been all over the place and also trying to find the appropriate gym for me. Um, but that is something that I deliberately do is I avoid breakfast because I'm not a great when I, when I eat, I don't like to be active. I, I slow down. My body just wants to lay back, relax and enjoy what it just put in its body or what I just put in my body. So I deliberately don't eat so that I have, um, the ability to perform at the gym like I'd like to. Um, I know it's different for everybody, but it, that, again, that's me living autonomously. I never, my stomach is at the point where it autonomous, it's not, it's not hungry in the morning. So um, this kind of ties into also, I, I used to fast a while ago. Sometimes I break it at 3 p.m., sometimes 5. It's not extremely as consistent as it used to be, but um, these are deliberate choices I made in my life to this is just based around really health for me. Um, and I think that once you, again, you, you implement these after a certain amount of time, they become autonomous. And I think that is um, a critical part. And when we're, when we're speaking about deliberation, um, when something becomes autonomous, um, you are in that instance being deliberate about how you choose to live your life. Um, like I might argue though, the moment you stop thinking about it, you're no longer acting deliberately. Um, mind you, you may have set it up so that you are have the ability to um, be, so that it becomes habit and becomes something that you're not thinking about anymore. But you, by doing so, you have, uh, by definition, begun to act indeliberately, right? Um, uh, mind you, you, it may be a habit that you're happy that you formed and that you're doing, and but it's become um, something you don't even think about anymore, right? And the moment it does that, we're no longer acting with deliberation. Um, it's repetition, right? Yeah. Like into a repetition yeah. where we took deliberate and it became repetition. Um, and I think that, that I'm sure I'm probably jumping ahead here a bit is one of the things that we don't realize when we start to do things indeliberately is we stop examining the effect they're having on our lives a lot of times. And we stop examining um, even the possibility for growth, learning, change, uh, making it better, making it stronger, becoming, you know, because it just becomes that habit. And so I think that where living deliberately comes in is taking the extra beat, allowing yourself the extra moment to decide 
is this is this something I'm doing deliberately that is best for me? And am I doing this for me? Is this what I want to do? It's it's this mind concept of mindfulness, um, but tied with action, I think, as well. Um, all like deliberate choices you've made, and I'm not saying that they're not, but what I'm saying is that that you've created a, a, a space where it's become now an indeliberate action. Um, I do like that me part a lot. Um, I think that's important when it comes to living deliberately. Um, I could be wrong, but when I think of living deliberately, uh, a lot of people's opinions kind of, they fall by the wayside. I'm not considering that. I'm considering to live, uh, when I'm making a deliberate decision, it's based off of what I believe is best for me and myself, um, which is I think why this conversation is maybe relevant to life coaching because coaches are there to help you make the best decisions, not for everyone else around you, but for you yourself. We also haven't heard from Kyle yet. Kyle? Well, I don't want to jump to the coaching section yet because I was kind of thinking about well, we're being, being autonomous and being deliberate. I mean, for me, it's something as simple as coffee still that I deliberately choose to make coffee every morning. Why? Because it's I save money, it's easier, I don't have to go out. But that becomes this like routine that we're talking about. So now I don't think about it. I just make coffee because it's in my morning routine. But deliberately, I will choose, I'm going to go get a, a Starbucks coffee. Um, I need it for my day. I know it's going to help me. I can be more whatever I'm expecting to get out of two shots of espresso versus my normal coffee maker. But I'm deliberately choosing to break from my change of habit to impact something later in my day, later in my future. Um, and then I'm reminded quickly why I don't go to Starbucks every day because of how expensive it can be to spend five dollars. It's it's a deliberate choice of I should not be going to Starbucks. I can add up and that is you kind of get reminded by taking a moment of being self-aware and why you're doing certain actions. I think if we say Starbucks one more time, three times is a charm. We get something for it. I don't know what <laughs> Let's say so here's the um, fun thing since I'm a linguistic nerd. Um, the etymology of deliberate is part of the root Libra and which is my, you know, astrological sign. But do you guys know what the symbol for Libra is? Scale. Yes. It's a pair of scales. Um, it literally means, I mean, not literally, but Latinized it's to balance to like really think about the choices you are making and what are the benefits? What are the downsides? What effect is this going to have? Um, it can be independent of people, but it's all, you can also consider other people into the equation, but it's literally thinking about the choice as you make it. Um, so Kyle, when you say that you do make the, 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 the deliberate choice to drink coffee every day, I'm imagining you sitting down and thinking for five minutes, okay, so coffee today is going to get me this. But the offsets of doing that is it's inconvenient, so maybe I should get Starbucks, which is more convenient but more expensive. And so I imagine you're, like, wrestling with this moral quandary every morning. Um, and that thinking, that, what is that statue, the think, that thinking position statue? Yeah, the thinking man. The yeah. thinking man, yeah. 
um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's in the word to deliberate. You are weighing the choices in front of you and trying to figure out the best course of action from there. Once you've already made that choice, then maybe you can do it automatically without having to think about it or justify it. But sometimes the situations or the context changes. I have an example where that was very bad at one point in my life, um, where when I was doing a lot of weightlifting and powerlifting, I had to deliberately eat more calories to gain muscle mass and get bigger. The downside was I got injured one once and I had to take, you know, a good break from weightlifting and I just kept eating the same and I didn't, I wasn't deliberate in my food choices after the, the situation changed and I sort of blew up like a balloon and got fat. Um, well, but I that's mean, an that, example. Oh, go on. That, that brings me to, uh, well, I have, if we bring in your life, if you take the moment, the time to stop and think about the choices you're making and not just go, through automate automatic sort of impulse you know i uh, every wednesday we do this so i'm doing this every i well my friends called me um and i gotta hang out because that's what i gotta do uh, we, and all these things that we sort of just do automatically right that we through one reason or another what do you imagine would happen if we stopped and took the time to deliberate over our choices stress do you mean that every day I think we'd be more satisfied with our choices. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, more satisfied with our choices. And if we're dissatisfied, we'd at least know the reason why. <laughs> satisfied. Um, if you're more deliberate. What's funny is uh, we, we did a uh, topic, I think it was last week, and that they sort of went into that. And they found they did a study where they had people who made immediate choices and people that did the pluses and negatives and thought it through really thoroughly and the amount of satisfaction in the people who went with their gut and just said it was over painting they were like oh i was a they were posters i want this poster um and then over the ones who saw, did this whole like mental mathematics um ended up being more dissatisfied with their choices later because they overthought it and they should have just gone with their gut which is funny that you say that i think Though, I mean, I think that there's a factor that correlation may not equal causation 100% in that case, because I think that there is this element of we've got to also understand that when it comes to art, it's uh, that is something that is um, satisfies us for ways that are less tangible. Um, and I think that that uh, to to take something like art and, and apply a mathematic uh, sort of process to it as to why I might like it or dislike it doesn't speak to the innate like soulfulness that comes with good art. Um, so I, I don't know that it's a fair uh, study to even go off of. <laughs> um, uh, but that being said, I think that you have a good point in that there, if we take the time to at least be present in our decisions and like think about the through, well, I'm doing this, this is why I'm doing this. Um, I think that, that it would bring a tremendous amount of clarity uh, for us and then also maybe even slow life down a little for us. Because I think that one of the things we do is get so on autopilot and life flies by. Um, but if we take that moment and be mindful and go, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be delivered about how I'm going to enjoy it. You know, like if you're going out with friends, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to be around people and I want to be around these people and I want to enjoy them. And I think taking the moment to 
acknowledge that might allow you to be much more present in that 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 moment in whatever it is you're doing because you understand that you want to be there that you've made the choice to be there and that also you the reasons why you are present and doing what you're doing um thoughts in that space as you were saying about going out i'm thinking most of the time i don't want to go out most of the time i just want to stay home so going out is a choice and a deliberate decision just to get out because once i get out and here's where that crosses over for me once i get out i have a good time i love being around other humans i'm deliberate with my interactions i'm interested in what they're saying i um, you know, just sticking with that word deliberate and intentional, I'm definitely that once I'm out getting there. It's like, do, do, I, do I really gonna? Are you sure? <laughs> that, is, that is the mental hurdles that go out of my head so often. Like, oh no, I could just stay home. I'd be fine with just staying. Nah, I don't. Oh, but I should. I already know you're gonna have fun once you get like this whole like internal struggle but it's true once i'm there and i'm present and i'm i'm i enjoy what i'm doing and but that is a very deliberate process sometimes getting my butt out the door like this is like a all right so I've, got, I've got a question then and we've been using this word a little bit almost synonymously but we had a prior clc alive on intention and being intentional what I want to know is what is the difference between being deliberate and being intentional? And I've got my own sort of theory in my mind about it right now, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts on what the difference is between being deliberate and being intentional. Or just having an intention and being deliberate. How about that? I think for me, it, it, just to answer your question, I'm not sure this is the work in progress when i say intentional to me that gives me a concept of what direction i want to move towards being deliberate are the steps which is what brooke said earlier it's the the thought and the action so the deliberate part are the steps that will allow me to um interface with my intention this kind of like dovetails perfectly into, and I think I said that twice now, I need another way to transition. Um, so we, one of the topics we looked at was deliberate practice in this. So if uh, I have a thing here, I've not learned to play the banjo lately yet, right? But I want to, I want to learn how to play the banjo lately. Um, so my intention is to one day be able to play the banjo lately. I want to one day be able to, and I'll take it one step far, farther, be able to, I can get very specific, play a specific song, well on the banjo lately okay being deliberate for me and deliberate practice would be sort of breaking down what do i gotta do how do i have to practice to get to that what my end goal my intention is um my intention is to be a banjo lately player and then the deliberate practice part is okay what has to happen for me to learn how to play the banjo lately how often do i need to practice what are what am i going to commit what time will i commit when will i do it and it's all like lisa said the steps that are going to get me to that end intention goal kind of thing does that make here's here's, here's also uh addition to that you can also be deliberate with your intentions yeah. so some if i were to sort of ask you to go through that process what it why do you even want to play the banjo in the first place 
because I think I'll love it when I do. <laughs> You'll agree. Really I've, I've just wanted to for a long time. I think it would be satisfying and fun, and I want to. I just want to have that skill set. Why do you, why the banjolele as opposed to any other instrument? Um, well, because I love like I, I you can do so many things with it. Honestly, it's a very versatile instrument. You could play it in Irish music. You can play it in folk music. You could play it in metal. You can play it in Hawaiian. Like it's such like a versatile and actually very unique instrument as well. And it's also pretty easy to learn from what I'm told. And I didn't want to just play the ukulele. I wanted to play the banjo. And this is like the perfect melding of wanting to play the banjo and the ukulele. I found out there was a banjo lately and I was like, oh. <laughs> so but, and I can take it a step further. And this is almost sort of mirroring a coaching session. Not exactly, but why, why music in the first place? Because it is an, uh, an art and a skill that I have not used since I was really young. Um, and it's, it's, I would like to, to be able to know that I'm capable of doing that as well. So, and I love music, like music is my religion. So why wouldn't I want to play it as well? So I'm the one who got her the banjolele, by the way, for Christmas. <laughs> when you, when you first told me about the banjolele, were you as deliberate in your thinking about asking for that as you were just now or were you let's say the, let's hypothetically say the complete opposite and say i want to play that banjolele right now i saw someone else do it now i want it give me give it's me, kinda, give me give i me. guess i was i was kind of more that way like you're the way you are it's like i want to play that now i want to you know where i'm not acting deliberately is i have the banjolele i'm not taking the steps to play the damn well, i did but then those fell through and then i have to retake them i hired a banjolele instructor um, but then she was not well and canceled on me like two times. And so I was like, oh, and then I ended up having surgery. So it was a whole thing. And then I haven't gone back to it since. So that's something I will have to do when I return from New Zealand. <laughs> so that is where I can be deliberate. I can deliberately make the choice. When I get back from New Zealand, I am going to play the, learn to take the steps to play the gosh darn banjo lately. <laughs> Which makes me like say, saying better, back from New Zealand or play the banjolele? <laughs> which, wait, which do I like better? I like saying better. Um, playing the banjolele. <laughs> and going to New Zealand. Well, I'd love to go to, you said, what, what do I like to bring back from New Zealand? And I, that's like, I'm back. So I mean, I, at this point, it's a choice between back or New Zealand. And now in New Zealand might be a different story. But what I was trying to demonstrate, though, is there's two different ways you can use maybe deliberateness in your coaching is either sort of investigating how a client can be deliberate in their goals or if a client is trying to formulate they don't really have a goal maybe it's a bit sort of out in the ether trying to get them to be deliberate with their intentions and their goals and then from there you know figuring out the how of how to do that but it seems now that coaching is just forced deliberateness that the clients maybe don't recognize from the beginning of coaching but that's kind of what almost every coach does is Tell me what you're going to do and how can we deliberate over that to get you to the next session essentially 
Well, if we do, if we, if you look at like what deliberate practice is and the actual act of what deliberate practice is, the step one in deliberate practice is figuring out the steps of what needs to happen for you to achieve whatever it is that you're practicing. So if it's playing the banjo lately, step one is me breaking down what needs to happen for me to learn how to play the banjo lately. And then step two in deliberate practice is, is setting aside the time to practice each of those things and practice them over and over and over and over again um, until I, I feel I'm comfortable in them and then I move to the next thing. The other step in that is reflection um, when they talk about deliberate practice where it's not just about doing the do, it's about taking the time afterwards to then deliberate over what you've just, just done and go, okay, what worked, what didn't, where can I improve? How can I get better? All of this is very much tied to coaching, all of it. Um, but I think that the very cool piece that was brought in is this reflection piece. It's more than just the practice. It's more than just the time too. It's not just 10,000 hours and you're a master. It's about quality, not quantity and ensuring that the time that you're using is, is, tremendously powerful and is, is as beneficial to you as it can possibly be. Um, by the way, I think the fourth or fifth step is to get a coach uh, in deliberate practice. So that's pretty awesome too. <laughs> so do any of you have a deliberate practice? Something that you do every day or, you know, consistently enough where it'd be considered a deliberate practice? Not you, Brooke. Video games, just you know. Someone else. <laughs> Um, already went, so yeah, Jerome and Kyle need to go. Okay, um, one that's I don't know because it seems really like just kind of second nature to me. Um, no, it is deliberate because if I if I if there's an instance where I feel like it hadn't happened, I do reach out. So I try and I try and talk to my sisters every day, uh, even if it's just a hey, how are you doing? Um, just kind of just a check in, just to make sure everything's okay. Um, one of my sisters in particular, we speak every day for about almost every day for about an hour. Kyle, I check in with him every day. Uh, just, just, you know, kind of the people around me, I want to make sure that everything's okay with them. And that's deliberate because I feel like without, you know, understanding whether or not they're okay or not, um, I'm, I'm lacking a, a piece of me, you know, it's just kind of, it's important to me. Kyle, what about you? Uh, I would say, um, my dog is probably a good example of me being deliberate that I choose to walk her at certain points of the day based off of the heat. I don't want her to be miserable, but also just choosing to play with her or not depends on how she's going to be. Is she going to be crying and whining and let me outside and be miserable? But I try to every day give her enough attention where she deserves. It's a dog. It took the responsibility by having a dog. So I deliberately choose to go out and give her long walks, even if I'm busy on my own schedule. Um, in the long run, it helps me because I get to get away from a screen. I get to go on a walk. I get to be with my furry friend. So those are deliberate choices that I, I make every day. Um, I did want to bring in something when we're talking about the intention and being deliberate, that I feel that sometimes people say intentions to release some type of serotonin. Like, yes, I'm going to do this. And just by saying it out loud makes you feel better that you said you're going to do this great thing versus, and I'm going to use an example that I was typing, but I apparently can't type too much. Um, if I intentionally say I want to go out on like a turkey crawl, 
I want to go to bar hopping on Thanksgiving. It's going to be a great time. It sounds fun. I'll see my friends. Sure, the intention sounds great. I even feel great talking about it. I'm going to go out. But then when you start thinking deliberately about it, maybe the day before, do you really want to be hung over with your family? Do you really want to go and be around a bunch of people during DUI time? And like all these little conscious things start clicking in a little bit more when you are being deliberate versus setting an intention. Sometimes setting that intention can be, oh, it just feels good. It sounds good. But you really do need to take that intention and break it down and start being a little bit more deliberate in your thoughts. I think that goes back to an older CLCI live or blog where it's like New Year's resolutions are the worst idea ever or something like that, where just because you say something that gives you enough, you know, serotonin or whatever to be like, okay, like I'm done. Don't need to do that anymore. I've got my little boost from that and don't need to follow through at all. Um, what about you, Lisa? Do you have anything that you do intentionally or deliberately consistently? Something, I mean, maybe you won't think this is fun, <laughs> but something I do, you know, is if I'm driving, I will follow the green lights to my destination. I intentionally, if it's a red light, I'll make a right or a left, depending on what the green light's going to be just to break it up. Cause I, the, the deliberate idea is maybe I'm supposed to do something different. <laughs> so wait, let me, I'm a bit confused. So like, if you're at a, uh, like a light and you have the option to either green light, go forward or green light, turn left, you're going to do whatever the green light tells you to do. That sounds like a recipe to get lost, but that's very interesting. <laughs> well, no, it's still on my destination, right? Okay. So whenever the green light says go to, towards my destination, whether if I have to make a ray mm -hmm. or, I mean, depends on which way I have to turn, but yeah, okay. I've done it plenty of times. I, I was I'm worried for a second. You're just like, whatever the green light tells me to do, I'm just going to go and never, never end up home again. End up in Arizona <laughs> one day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Brooke, you were writing like mad in the chat about things you do deliberately allow you to pick one of those things. You know, I think it's, this is a product being audio digital. I think like, um, everything is a process for me. So like, even, you know, I get up in the morning and I think, okay, you've got to do this, this, and this, just like with coffee, we got to get my coffee because so that way I don't, I don't get a headache and I, I got to put my shoes on, then I got to get there by this time. And it's like this whole, everything is a process and a step-by-step-by-step-by-step. By step by step by step. And like to deviate from that, I have to, like, that's a whole conversation. Like, oh God, we got to do something else. <laughs> um, like today, um, Anthony, I had pain in my side and it was a whole thing. I drove all the way to the place to work out and I got there. I was like, I don't think I can. I like, I, I really don't. Um, uh, but so I think that because that, like, I, I don't know so much of I do, what I do is deliberate. And I think that that like, is a conscious thought process choice. And I think of that is a big part of that is this like audio digital sort of pattern person that I am because I'm so rule oriented and pattern oriented and schedule oriented that I, when I deviate from it, or, um, there is this sense of fear, like the, the net safety net's going to drop out from underneath me. Um, kind of thing. I'm certain very, I can be spontaneous, but I do like, like I've got to schedule my spontaneity. 
Okay, this time and this time I can be spontaneous. <laughs> I but can I understand that. After 5 p.m. and I worked out and I did what I was supposed to that morning, then it's free reign. I can do whatever I want, but I have to have abided by X, Y, and Z rules in order for me to get to do, enjoy that spontaneity or to go out and do whatever I want. Um, and that's just because I I have comfort in structure. I feel more, I mean, mind you, I don't, I love chaos. I thrive in chaos, but I, it's when the ways that I thrive in chaos is because I'm creating structure in chaos. Um, because that's one of my strengths is being able to see a very chaotic situation and find a way to structure it and get it into a what place that is no longer chaotic. Um, and so I thrive in it in the sense that I thrive in it when, when we're, we're moved, the end goal is to, for it to no longer be chaos. <laughs> um, that's when I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but if I had to exist in a state of just uh, unknowing, like I have no clue what's going to go on every day or the next day, I would go banana. Like I need, I need consistency. It's so important to me. And I think that that's why I, that deliberation is something that I think, but I'm like, so I'm listening. I work out deliberately. Why? Because I want to X, Y, and Z to happen. Um, I, I do that every morning. I have intention. I, it's six days a week. I feel crazy when I don't. Um, the other thing I do deliberately is video games. Why? Because I have to get better at them. <laughs> um, and so I know that to get better, I have to practice and keep practicing. Um, and so I think I love that idea of like, okay, what do I have to do to practice? So if we just take video games and I'm babbling, I know. Um, one of the things I need to get better at in the video games I play is parrying. So I've done two things. I started playing a game called Thymesia that is, um, yes, Elden Ring, <laughs> Thymesia that is strictly parrying. The issue with that is the controls are a little different, so it might be throwing off. The, the end goal is to be really good at, at Elden Ring and Souls games, like amazing. Um, so I need to get better at my parrying in Elden Ring. So then, then I'll just do runs where I'm just practicing parrying. I'm like, I'm, I don't care if I suck. I don't care if I die, but I'm only going to use my parry right now. And so it kind of brought this, this, this thing with deliberate practice in where I make focus on one tool or one part of the overall process. And I practice at it until I get good enough at it. And then I bring it in and figure out how to add it to the rest of the pieces. And that's something that I very much do when I'm practicing something. Um, and I am deliberate with video games. <laughs> so, and, and to pair up with what you're saying, now I don't do video games as we've already had that conversation, but what I have done is practiced with intention of finding the depth to questions. So bringing it back to coaching, you know, there's many times what I call the newbie, the newbie coach wants to have all these perfect questions as they hear me spout them off like nothing else when we're in class. But that's not how I got them. I didn't get them by just being able to pick up a hat and putting it on, although I wish. It's exactly what you said, Brooke, by practicing them <clears throat> in a coaching session, recognizing what fell flat, what worked, when it worked, what didn't work. Was there a piece of it that worked? And being able to learn the flow of what coaching is <laughs> deliberately with its intentions. Kind of did that. I think when we when you talk when we talk about like um, uh, mentor coaching, that for me was a huge place where I was able to be deliberate and and have intentions. Like I when when you are told, okay, 
this is where you're you're not getting it right you know um brooke you say good job too often i think that was one of my uh or i i you know too much praise i think was one of my things I also, I stacked questions. That was one of mine. So that became then, okay, in every session after that, you know, it became make sure you're not stacking questions, making sure, you know, and be bringing this awareness around something that you do that isn't working in the coaching session or that shouldn't be there based in, on ICF. So then it's like, okay, I know now that I'll ask two questions right in a row and I need to just ask one. I need to just and so I became very aware of that I do that. And that make, makes it all that much more easier for me to deliberately stop stacking the questions. Um, and so I think that, that that very much when I was, especially when I was doing my mentor coaching kind of stuff and, and submitting them and getting feedback, um, it brought some real deliberation to my approach to coaching. Two things that I do deliberately in my coaching sessions now. One is holding silence for people and just, it's sort of with the stacking questions thing, but also more so asking a question and not having to have all these little extra tags and bits and ex explanations. It's just ask a question, let it sit and be silent. Or if the client says something, give them a little extra silence and then they'll add more to it. So that's one thing I've been very deliberate with. Second thing is having a, um, a coaching agreement or a, a session agreement where before I was kind of not so deliberate with that and the conversation kind of go everywhere in which way and there wouldn't really be that great of a resolution to the session. Now, deliberately, I will find a moment. If, if I can't find it, I'll create a moment where I say, okay, what is it you want to work on today? How will I know by the end of the session that we've accomplished that, what we set out to work on? Um, so those are, I guess, two examples of how I've been deliberate as a coach in my sessions. Do you guys have any other examples? I just want to say that's, everything's coming full circle. You're deliberately setting the intent of the session there. So mm -hmm. we're talking about deliberation and intent. I don't know. I just thought that was funny. There's a difference, you know, and that's yeah. really cool, like in this space, because it can easily like get them muddled together. But the truth is there's a big difference. I love Kyle's point. I absolutely love Kyle's point about how people could just throw an intention out there. But really, the deliberate part comes to when 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 you're going to start to take the action. That's when you start to really weigh it down and it, it becomes real where you start to deliberate on it. Um, uh, to your point too, Anthony, with you said the things that you, when you shared, you hold the silence. I think being deliberate with our questions and what that means is taking the moment not to have to, like me, stack questions, but pause and think about, okay, what is, allow for the pause, allow for that silence, allow for your time, yourself the time to deliberate on what you really want to ask next. Um, and being aware and deliberate with that approach, uh, I think could be very powerful um, when you allow yourself the, the, the thought process and the time to do that as a coach. And that means it's going to be in the moment too, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to come with like a laundry list of things to deliberate over and ask. No, it's going to be, okay, I'm going to pause here and, and think about what what the best thing for me to ask in this moment is. That's, that's the tough thing about coaching because you can't be too deliberate because then you're just dictating the session entirely. Um, 
I guess then I for some reason I just thought of Dungeons. You know, we played Dungeons and Dragons before, Brooke. Uh, there's a term in, term in Dungeons and Dragons called railroading, which means the story is on a set path and everybody has to do what you say and want, and there's no freedom of choice or input from the other people playing. It's kind of the same thing in coaching. You don't want to railroad the session because that means, you know, your client doesn't get to have input um, or what the client says doesn't matter because you're on this very strict, deliberate path you've set out for this coaching session. But that kind of disregards what the client, you know, thinks they need. It's you saying, I know what's best for you. So the coaching session will go like this. I will ask these questions and you will give me whatever answers I want. Um, so there's a balance you have to, there's a deliberation, a balance that you have to achieve between being deliberate as a coach and asking your questions and having a bit of, you know, variance or maybe a little bit of chaos to the session where the client's going to throw in whatever they're going to throw in. Mm -hmm. Marlo Side note, I love the comparison of coaching and D&D. &D. Um. <laughs> like the closest, that's just the first thing that popped I'm in my head. I'm drawing so many parallels right now, though. <laughs> Parallel to just nerd things that I doubt that 90% of our viewers have ever participated. <laughs> works for I me. It works, but that's as far as I've gone so far. <laughs> um, so maybe I should be more deliberate with my examples so that they appeal to a wider <laughs> audience. But I think you explained it very well. So, yep, good enough. Um, I think that I think that too. When we talk about deliberation with our clients and getting them, uh, and I hate to say that, getting them to be more deliberate, but I think that there is an importance to doing that. To to I mean, that sort of is the uh, to some degree the the pith of coaching, and um, is it's part of the process. In this, is that you're going in, you're getting them to set their intention, set their goal, then deliberate uh, you know on the reasons why that you know the why's and then from there figure out the steps to to reach that and get there and be very deliberate about accomplishing those overarching goals and um and honestly getting the things out of the way that are going to get in the way and all of this i think it falls it it becomes very critical for us in coaching to if we're going to follow that model and be successful in in making progress in ensuring our clients are being deliberate with their choices. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that we're going to force them or hold a gun to their head. Are you being deliberate? You know, but it does the asking that question, asking, you know, uh, the, the, all of the questions around why they're doing what they're doing with regard to setting the goal and then what needs to happen and how it's going to happen and all of that, um, the weighing the positive and negative outcomes, all of these things are in essence, what being deliberate is. So I've, I've got a question as well that on the opposite side of being deliberate, I have seen this in pretty much any coaching example you or Lisa or Dan has done or, you know, the other PCC level coaches is um, trusting your gut or gut decisions or instinctual or intuitive decisions, things that aren't deliberate. But Brooke, one example I always see you do is the coin flip where you got to make a choice heads or tails and whatever that choice is, you got to promise to stick with it. And you person flips the coin and then you tell them what it is. And then you ask them, 
what did you want it to be when the coin flip happened? And then they'll tell you what they actually want from, you know, their heart or whatever. That's not a deliberate choice, though. That is using their gut instinct to find out what it is they really desire. So there are there is something to be and that's one example of using gut instincts and intuitiveness. There could be a whole episode on the subject, but it goes to show that deliberateness is not everything in coaching. There are other options where using your gut um, might be the best choice. I think that using your gut is critical. I think that listening to that that moment of like, this is what I really want. I think where the deliberation, the deliberate part comes in is when we go, okay, now we know what you want. Let's talk about why. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what happens if that, if you don't get what you want, let's talk about the steps to get you what you want. And those are like, that's where that real deliberation comes in. I think that the true, like that, that knowing what you want, I do think, and this is built to, drilled into me from, from marketing and neuromarketing and, and decision-making and, and anything, everything I've studied with regard to that is that we make our decisions subconsciously most of the time and we know what we want on a subconscious level um and then all of the the awareness as to why and how and that comes in our in that conscious level but we got to listen to that that gut um not always though because you know if it's fear if it's we want to make sure it's from that place of of this is the my true desire and not my i'm reacting out of fear or or, or something along those lines so maybe it's a way to then instead reconcile your gut instinct versus deliberately knowing what is good for you and what aligns with your values um because they can be at odds sometimes and i've worked with clients where it seemed like it was at odds of what they said they want and deliberately said what they want versus what their guts were telling them and what they actually did in their real day-to-day -day lives and that's bringing in that internal awareness. Like I, why am I doing the things I'm doing? Why am I making the choices I'm making? Is this really what I want to be doing? Um, and that's that bringing her in that process of deliberate decision-making, deliberate acting deliberately and choosing deliberately. Um, all, it all brings in, by the way, shout out to Henry David Thoreau. Um. <laughs> I have the quote. I literally have the quote right here. For everyone. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know or didn't take ninth grade English in California, uh, he wrote a book called Walden, where he decided to live in the woods for a little while. Um, and the reason why is, as quoted, "I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately." to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life. Living is so dear, nor did I wish to practice resignation unless it was quite necessary. I wanted to live deep and suck up the marrow of life to live so sturdily and Spartan, like as to put to route all that was not life to cut a broad swath and shave close to drive life into a corner and reduce it to its lowest terms. So oh, I love the moment from like the, 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 the suck the marrow out of life on it's just like, yeah, <laughs> essentially to Thoreau in this instance, living deliberately is to live life in its most essential form. Um, you're trying to free yourself from distractions. You're trying to not just automatically go through the motions. Um, 
Now, that being said, I have my own opinions on Thoreau since he only lived a mile from town and hung out there all the time in his stay in the woods. But, um, you know, it's still the case. To <laughs> I just found out what you said. He lived a mile away from town, so in case it got rough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, he makes it sound like he was living in the freaking wilderness, but, you know, he had it on Easy Street. Anyways, that's... The, you know, the, the more philosophers that I read their background stories, so many of them have this like, like, oh, say what, do as I say, not as I do, like philosophy. Essentially, yeah. But it's still a good quote um, to live deliberately and just front the bare facts of life. So figure out what are the bare facts of your life. Deliberately choose what is valuable to you and discard what's not. And then go from there. So sorry, guys, but I'm quitting CLCI. Now I have to front the bare facts of life in the woods. <laughs> I think you would be miserable in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> no. But it's about time to wrap it up. So final thoughts. You're not leaving. <laughs> okay, right, fine. Your desk, sorry. <laughs> That's my final thought. <laughs> Kyle, uh, I would I would say stay present. Try to try to remember where you are right now and that might help your deliberate actions and thoughts. Like we mentioned your your gut feeling that comes from being in the present and being in the now versus worrying too much on what's going to happen in 5 years or what it would someone think about me in the past, you know, just be present. I mean, build on you, Kyle, if I may, that be present means being not in extreme emotional states, not extreme happy, not extreme sad, not extreme fear, just be in that neutral space where you can really identify what you want your intention to be and what those deliberate pieces are to achieve it. Thanks. I would say... Personally, I think the importance of deliberation is ultimately to create a process that works for you, uh, but continue to remain deliberate in your decisions. So your life's going to change. Things are going to change. Circumstances, context, that's going to evolve. Um, be deliberate in determining whether or not this process is going to continue to work for you. Um, and again, that's just my personal opinion on importance of deliberation in life and living deliberately. Brooke? Um, to steal a quote from Dan, uh, who I'm not sure if it's his quote, but um, he, he likes to say, don't be a human doing, be a human being. Um, and I think that, that that says a lot in the sense that um, just take a moment and and bring awareness around what it is you're doing and, and if it's what you want to do. Um, and not only can you have that prior to, but don't be afraid to bring the awareness afterwards as well. So, you know, I just did this. How did that go? Was that right for me? Do I want to do that again? Is that, but having that, taking a moment before and after to sort of uh, reflect, I think is as important as the previous you know, am I going to? Um, because I think that, that, you know, going through the experience can change how we feel about things. But um, it, being deliberate, I think when you are deliberate, the amazing thing that comes along with that is is a lack of regret. Um, and I think that, that 
that regret is, is just a, a, an emotion that drags people down. And I think uh, it, 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 it's just something that we don't want to live with. And I, so I think if we take that beat, that moment to act with deliberation and to be deliberate with our choices and then to reflect on how we have lived, what we have done, I think that, that there's a lot of regret to be lost. And I think that that, that is a very powerful tool. So. All right, that should wrap it up with our CLCI Live topic on living deliberately. So watch the rest of our videos on YouTube. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, comment. Take our three-day classes. Uh, you too can be a deliberate certified life coach or master certified life coach. Hey, am, I forgetting, am I forgetting anything, Brooke? No, you know, take a first step. Be deliberate. <laughs> this is what you want to do. <laughs> and three right, days we'll see Thank you guys you. next Tuesday, same time then, four o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.